Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, morning Russell. Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Let me say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the wonderful week gone by, for the restful weekend, and for the week that we're looking at ahead. We thank you, Lord, that at the start of this day and at the start of this week, we come to you. We surrender that week to you, Lord. We surrender everything that is in it. We surrender all the burdens that we carry forward from the previous week. We surrender all the unanswered questions, all our cares, all our worries. All our challenges, all our storms, all our successes. We surrender our crowns at your feet, Lord, so that we do not step into it thinking it's of our own ability. But we acknowledge your presence in this day, in this week, in all that we do, in all that we have, in all that we are. And we ask you to direct our thoughts, our words, our path, our prayer. We trust in you, Lord, with all our heart. We lean not on our own understanding, but on the revelation you grant us, Father, in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. And we want to live by that revelation. For in it is light, your words are spirit and they are life. And when we live by them, when we observe to do according to all that you reveal to us and make alive, then we make ourselves prosperous in the spirit and in the physical. And we have good success in every area. Then we emerge victorious in every trial, in every temptation, in every tribulation. And in all of it, Lord, at every stage we remember that you are always with us. You never once left us. We place all our trust and all our hope in you, Lord. For you are faithful. We thank you, Lord, that you call us to be with you and commune with you in the secret place. Where you reveal to us your deep and secret mysteries. Where you open up our understanding and you pour your wisdom where you fill us and endow us with your spiritual abilities, gifts, charisms. So that when we step out, out of the grace that you place upon our life, Lord, it can never be the same anymore again. It must change. And we thank you, Lord, for the peace and joy that you pour into our hearts every time we are with you in that secret place. And we share the same with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. We share it with all those that we are lifting up in our, at our altar of prayer today. With all those that have no one to pray for them. As we offer our faith, Lord, to stand in that gap. As we make our prayer this morning, Lord, lifting up all of these, we call on your name. The name of our maker, our preserver, the ancient of days, the God of peace. The one who always completes every good work he has started in us. And we pray in the name of Jesus, your son. The rider on the white horse. The Lord who heals. The one who is the way, the truth and the life. The sheep gate, the door, the bridge to the father. 
It is he who judges the quick and the dead. And it is he who has given us the opportunity. Throwing open that door to be quickened and to receive salvation. And we pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of the living God. The hand of the father, the seal of the age to come. Our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counsellor, our teacher. The one who has made his tabernacle in our body never convicts. Never condemns, sorry. Always willing to convict and lift us up. It is through him that we receive life in the spirit. It is through him we receive revelation. And it is through him, with his help, that we continue our journey into the kingdom. The cloud that led the Israelites in the desert, here with us as well, every stage of our journey. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of this, your word and your spirit, until we enter into your kingdom completely. You give us this manna straight from heaven and you give us the cloud that leads us. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with angels who destiny help us to comfort, to facilitate, to fill every gap in our abilities. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies and every physical provision that we shall lack nothing But through the revelation, through your instruction and a life of obedience to your will, we are able to step into abundance and we are able to walk on earth in dominion over everything else that you have given us charge over. We thank you, Father. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make, as well as every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. By the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, Lord, for each of these lives. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, Accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. And command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption from all such calamities in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also, <coughs> sorry, we also herald the power in our spoken word. As we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. That says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord the power of life on our tongue and thank you for the discernment to choose life every time we must speak you have heard of us mention the realm 
of Galatians 2.20 in our prayer. In that, that, that is a goal to reach, <clears throat> to reach that plane in the spirit. Today, I'd like to reflect a little on what it means and it means a lot more, but there's just a few key things I'd like to highlight. So first, going back to the verse, Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is in him, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave, his, gave himself up for me. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. So when he talks about, I now live by faith, that life, trusting in the Son, I live carrying that mindset, the mind of Christ. So what does it mean to have the mindset of Jesus, the Lamb? The world seeks power, fame, and glory. The world's mentality is survival of the fittest. Ambition is at the top. And this is generally the way nature works in every, in every aspect. Survival of the fittest. And yet how would a lamb fare in this competitive environment is a big question mark. How would a lamb fare in that competition? But authority in the kingdom of God is marked and even defined not by how competitive you are, but by your gentleness and sacrifice. By your submission. In total opposition to what the world's definition is. He said, my power is perfected in weakness. It's quite contrasting to what the world order does. So way of the spirit is this. And then you have on the other end, the way of the flesh. When he said, my power is made perfect in weakness, Jesus the Lamb demonstrated it. Everything that is spoken of in the word, he demonstrated it through his own example. He lived all the word and the instruction in it. So what is then the mindset of the Lamb? Let's look at Jesus' words. In John 10, verse 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, that was the words of the shepherd. But if you look at it from the angle of the lamb, and you put him in that case of the lamb there, hearing the voice of God, he talks about obedience. And Jesus demonstrated obedience to the two great commandments, to the two greatest. Love the Lord your God with all that you have in you. And then love your neighbor as yourself. He loved God to the point that he even cried on account of separation from God. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
and he was separated from God so that sin could be laden on him and he could go as a body of sin on the cross. Separation from God. That was his love. And love for his neighbor, he gave himself selflessly even unto death. That's why Philippians 2 verse 8 says, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even unto death, death on a cross. And so God exalted him for that humility, for that obedience. So when we look and talk about the realm of Galatians 2.20, that is what we are looking to emulate. How do we work towards it in our life? The verse says, I have been crucified with him. So if he was obedient, he gave off his everything. We need to be obedient to God's instruction even in the face of worst trials and tests, even in death, if it comes. So when we sacrifice our desires to that extent, out of love and reverence for God, remaining obedient and humble, then we are taking on the image and the likeness of Jesus. We become uh, a representation or a reflection of his nature. And that is what it really means by it is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me because everything I do is as he would do. It's like losing our sense of self-importance when we say it is no longer I, but him. And all I seek to do is what all he sought to do during his life. And that was to please God. We seek to do the same. And the question I often ask myself is, can I reach that stage where I love God so much that there is nothing I will not give him? That I will lose the ability to say no to him. I do not trust my flesh. But when we rise in the spirit, and the more we get to know him through our communion with him and through what the word tells us about him, through what the spirit makes alive and real to us about him, then we learn to love more. And as you learn to love more, we find that our alignment with him becomes more. Simply put, what does Galatians 2 translate to? I would just boil it down to three things. One is, like the lamb, now this is looking at our fleshly side. I have been crucified. Like the lamb, we desire not to be esteemed. Not to be held in high regard, targeting recognition of fame. Secondly, we desire not to be in control. That is, I want to do it my way. Even our prayer says, you have to do it my way. God, I want you to do this in this particular way for me. We want control. As humans, we feel very uncomfortable when we don't know what will happen or when we don't have control over a situation. To hear the desire is to not want to be in that control, rather trust in God, even when Jesus said, Father, if this cup cannot pass, 
If there is no option to have control, then I submit to your will. Your will be done. If this is what you want. He didn't say, Father, take this cup away from me. He said, if it cannot pass, then your will be done. The desire to not be, not want to be in control of that situation, but to trust God. Even though we know, we don't know His ways. And it is uncertain as far as our physical brain can comprehend. We're living in that uncertainty. And yet we surrender it to Him, trusting that He's got our back. And more often than not, you will be tested for this. To think that he can perform in our challenging time. So not desiring control. Giving it up to him. Not my will but your will be done. Your kingdom come. I come under your jurisdiction. I completely submit to you. And then your will be done. Jesus taught us to pray in that way as well. Now we are getting deeper into what that is really looking to mean. And when you look at both these two things, not desiring to be esteemed and not desiring to be controlled, the opposite of them is pride. When you want to be and are in control and when you want to be esteemed and look for fame, that amounts to pride. And God resists the proud. And then the third thing in that mindset is to desire not to be secure. So not to be esteemed, not to be in control, not to be secure. Where we are out of our depths to manage the situation. As humans, we always want security. We always want a safety net in every circumstance. What is my backup option? If I bail out, what would I go to? But what about a situation where we don't know where our bills will be paid from? We don't know how the sickness will be healed. And yet we prophesy trusting him and holding on. That dependency on God is the risk where faith gets perfected. I'll say that bit again. That's the important bit. That dependency on God is the risk we take. And that's where faith gets perfected. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Jesus demonstrated all these three traits as well in his life. He always gave glory to God and always sought to give that glory. Never to keep to himself. He never sought to control and never looked for security. He gave himself up to fulfill the Father's plan of redemption. So what is the mindset of the Lamb? Obedience to the great two great laws. Carrying a mindset that does not desire, esteem, control or security. Or rather humble ourselves, depend and trust on the Lord. 
and then to love the Lord with all that we've got. All our heart, with all our might, with all our strength. The realm of Galatians 2.20 that Jesus lived, where we take on his nature and his mindset. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our eyes and the spirit to be opened to that nature of Jesus so that when we read through the Gospels, we pick really what he was trying to reflect towards you. And as we study the Gospels, it's not just about learning and looking at him with awe, but receiving that as this is something I could be imbibing into my nature. The Bible says he upheld the book of law and all the laws that have been put in there in every way. Out of love for God, we start living the same as well. Not out of fear of punishment, but out of love that this is what God wants me to do. And because I love my father, I do it. We ask for that edification to be able to reach that stage of loving you, Lord. We ask for that grace in each of us today. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, that are hospitalized, will undergo any kind of procedures this day, this week. For all families that are embattled, facing division and separation. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives. Especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance, poverty. We pray against all forms of addictions. Every other form of limitation that keeps seeks to keep your people yoked to the ground, Lord, we come against it by the blood of Jesus. We declare every such shut door be opened and every door that has been opened to the enemy shut by the key of David in the name of Jesus. Doors to their destiny be opened, Lord. Toast to liberty be opened through your word and by your spirit. We call for that anointing on each of these lives today. I pray also, Lord, for all our personal intentions, those of our families and our friends, especially those that have not yet been saved and not yet given their life to Christ. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe we have received, we believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mandos Catabrosil Shadala <laughs> <laughs> 
In the mighty and all powerful name of Jesus. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we were praying, Jacinda, the Lord gave me a vision. And the word joy really stood out. And it was this, and it was like children playing in a playground. 
And the Lord said, go to Hebrews 9. And he's given me verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred which redeems them from the transgressions under the first covenant. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's a very deep verse worth reflecting. See what the Lord is really saying there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful reflections that he posts daily on all our channels, the Friday Bible study session and our daily Divine Mercy and Rosary sessions as well, Please share those with friends and family. Invite them to join us during the live session. Alternatively, you can point them to the recordings on our Spotify podcast page, on YouTube and on our Facebook page where the links are posted. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Thank you, Rasul. Thank God you, Rasul. God bless everyone. Thank you, brother.